What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to Creature Feature, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology. And did you know I'm a world-class champion at doing giraffe calls? Here we go. Ready? <clears throat> Here it comes. April Fools! Giraffes don't really have a call. Well, researchers think they hum, but at a frequency that's pretty low and hard to hear as humans. But today on the show, we're going to listen to some animal sounds. These creatures have some of the most distinctive voices on the planet. We'll look at some lyrical lynxes, possessive porcupines, chirping cheetahs, whistling walruses, and other very vocal critters. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, are horses mocking us? A lot of us are staying indoors right now, so I thought it'd be a great time to take some nature and put it inside your ear holes. Animals communicate for a whole variety of reasons. To find a mate, to call their young, to warn their peers, or to express happiness. But sometimes they're just plain old grumpy and they aren't shy about letting you know it. Later in the show, we'll cover some cuter and quirkier noises too, but for now, let's hear these animals who have a very unusual way of complaining. Joining me today to listen to some very opinionated animals is co-host of Gamefully Unemployed, David Bell. Hello. Hey, Dave. Thanks Hi. for joining me again. Hi, I love animals. He does. Thanks for having I me. I think last time we talked about turkeys. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Great time. We saw some really fluffy, really fluffy turkeys. We like, did. Unbelievably fluffy. Like you can't handle it. 
you couldn't handle it. Dave Dave had to take a break from the podcast for a while because he couldn't handle yeah, it. Yeah, there was like a 40-minute uh, gap <laughs> where I had to sit and just breathe out in the balcony. Just deep breathing. There's, and he was just like, oh, my God, they're, they're so fluffy. My whole life changed. <laughs> I had to reassess uh, everything. Have you been watching Tiger King, the Netflix docu-series? No, you're the 10th person to bring it up. No, I haven't. I guess I should watch it. Sorry, everybody, it's one of those things where like everything I hear about it, it's like, that doesn't sound fun. (laughs) Nobody sounds like a good person in the documentary. Nope. Nobody is a good person. Well, it's hard to tell. I don't even know if the documentarians are good people. It's, uh, I I watched it because it seemed relevant and people were talking about it. And it, it, it's about people who own big cats uh, as, I guess, pets and as an attraction, like these private zoos. And then another person who has a big cat rescue, but then she's got, I guess some skeletons in her closet too. But the takeaway thing I think that I learned from watching it is definitely a tiger will eat your arm. And, you know, so don't keep them as pets. I mean, you shouldn't keep them as pets because it's not nice to the tigers. They need much more life than being stuck in a cage and being paraded around for your entertainment. But for sure, they're going to eat your arm. And at that point, I got to say, you know, you can't be surprised. No, no, don't don't hang out with tigers, right? Right. They don't like you. Have you seen no. the movie Roar? No, I haven't. It's a 1981 film. Um, it was directed by Noel Marshall. And it, it's about like a family living with um, with lions on a preserve. And they just filmed it with lions. And huh. it is a terrifying film because the lions do not cooperate. Uh, the actors are in danger throughout the movie and many of them get hurt uh, yeah. filming with lions. Just don't go near lions. Don't. Lions do want to chomp you. That is a thing I know about lions. I'm not like specifically a lion expert, but I do know this. They want to chomp you. Yeah. They would love nothing more than to chomp you. Even if they like you, like say you you have some personal friendship with a lion, they still want to chomp you sometimes. <laughs> right. I think any friendship with a lion, they're like, I like this human. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun with it until I eat it. Right. I mean, it's like your cat. That's exactly what your cat thinks, too. Oh, it's just they're yeah. so tiny and small. They can't actually eat you. Not yet. But it is the same thought process where it's like, I love you. Oop, chomp. Yep. But I love you. Yep. Chomp. Chomp, yeah. chomp. <laughs> it's just waiting. It's just waiting for me to drop dead, and then it's like this is my time. So I want to talk first about lynxes because they are a big cat. I mean, one of the smallest of the big cats, uh, but they have a very interesting call that surprised me when I heard it. So, Dave, you you know what lynxes are, right? I believe so. I I have a I have a mental image that I'm now going to Google so I don't feel like a dummy. <laughs> oh, they're the ones with the ears. Yeah, they're the one with ears, exactly. Yeah. Unlike other cats, they have ears. No, they, no, they, they have they have the big tufts on their ears is what Dave's talking about. So they're found in the cold northern forests of North America, Europe, and Asia. There are several species, and this includes the Canada lynx. And bobcats are also in the lynx genus, 
they're found all over the U.S. and even in parts of Mexico, and they typically are in warmer ranges of climates than their other lynx uh, cousins. So all lynxes are carnivores and active hunters. The biggest difference physically between bobcats and the Canada lynx is that a Canada lynx is a bit bigger, and it's got bigger, fluffier mutton chops. So it's it's big old fluff ball. ball. And the Canada lynx is the one we're going to be primarily looking at or listening, listening at, listening to. So lynxes are generally solitary except for mother-offspring relationships and temporary mating relationships. Otherwise, they kind of keep to themselves. And so when they do encounter each other, the meeting is often pretty tense because they're highly territorial. So when male Canada lynxes fight over territory or mating, they scream in each other's faces like they are a toxic family at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So let's take a listen to these lynxes having an argument. Give me, give me, give me them lynxes. Okay, that that really got me. Yeah, it's because it's because they're like four feet from each other in that video, right? And they're just and they're screaming. just screaming in each other's faces, just existential agony. <laughs> and when I saw this, I worried that okay, maybe this is just a prank, like someone voiced over this and made it sound like they're screaming at each other, you know, in classic YouTube form of doing funny videos. So I found another video that is the exact same thing. (laughs) It doesn't get old. (laughs) I love it. It's like almost a people voice. Like, have you seen the, um, the CGI Lion King? Uh, no, I haven't. It doesn't work in my opinion. And one of the main reasons is that they're photorealistic. So when, uh, spoilers, Scar kills, um, uh, Mufasa, uh, he falls to his death and it's a lion. Like it looks like a lion falling to his death, but it's just going, ah, (laughs) and it's like, it, it's this tragic moment that just you, you burst into laughter watching <laughs> because it's just got a man no! scream. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. It's so, I can't watch this without laughing. It's what? just so unexpected. I don't expect that noise to come out of a bobcat. Well, it does make sense because there are like house cats that'll make like maniac sounds sometimes. Right. But they like even the weirdest sounding house cat, they... I don't know, like like the the cat the cat that sounds like he's going like we're all there, yeah, you know, <laughs> It's Are this they... is on like screaming goat level. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I don't know why the whole podcast isn't about this. It, uh, it's incredible. It's it's so un- It's like you don't. I don't know. I, I, I you don't expect a bobcat to sound like someone screaming at your face because you accidentally cut them off in traffic or something and right you know it it 
or like Gilbert Gottfried, like yeah. getting really mad at you. Uh, like, you know, it's like if all like all bobcats are voiced by Gilbert Gottfried and it's freaking me out. <laughs> and imagine getting attacked by one. And this is like the last thing you hear. <laughs> it's got like a face like at the ending of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, like that Donald Sutherland meme. Um, and I can't I just can't imagine like running into one at night and it just being like, Wah! and just coming straight at me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a they aren't very dangerous to humans. Actually, they're quite small. They typically can't do much damage to a person. All right. They could. But yeah, I mean, I feel like if if I saw that coming at me and they were screaming at me like like a body snatcher or like Gilbert Gottfried or whatever, and (laughs) I I would run that that'd be it. I'm done. Yeah. They are. I mean, it's boy nature is is sure weird yeah it doesn't it never fails to surprise me yeah it's like yeah i know, I know the i know these lynxes i i've seen those before you know it screamed it screamed like a muppet in trouble well one of the reasons that the bobcat sounds so insane is that it's very high stakes for them when they are competing with each other because females only mate with one male per year and so competition for territory and for a mate is very fierce. And that's why they scream at each other like those uh, screaming chicken toys. And I would say so, it is, I can imagine what they're saying too. It's just like, you know, just like, it's my babe. <laughs> so wait, the the males are yelling? Yeah, it's, it's typically and the, females the males. are like, you know what really does it for me? like a, a sound like Fozzie Bear is on fire. Like I want to I want to hear a guttural distressful right. sound. Yeah, I wonder if the females are really into just hearing it like like the two males sounding like golden girls yelling at each yeah. other. They're really attractive. The next animal I want to talk about is the gray go-away bird and this is a bird that is found in Africa, Madagascar, Iran and Pakistan. It is a medium-sized gray bird with a gray mohawk, which in bird lingo, uh, those little mohawks that birds have are called crests. Okay. They're social with each other, but really antisocial with everybody else. So when they're disturbed, they'll issue a call that sounds kind of like they're saying, Go away! (laughs) 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 That's adorable. It's so cranky. Go away. Go away. Go away. It sounds like sad. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> I love it's a it's basically every aging punk rocker I know. It's got a gray <laughs> mohawk. It's 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 wants you to go away from it. So there are other species of go away bird in the same genus. There's the bare-faced go away bird, which actually doesn't say go away. This all makes sense very much uh the white-bellied go-away bird and the white-bellied go-away birds do say go away uh and i want to tell you the tale of mr mcbouncy pants who is a white-bellied go-away bird at the houston zoo Ooh, i just want to note while you're loading it up white-bellied go-away bird sounds like an insult uh joe biden would give somebody that's very true, isn't it? Yeah. You're a white-bellied go-away bird. Yeah. You're you're a son of a white-bellied go-away <laughs> bird. 
but they've named this bird Mr. McBouncy Pants. The reason why he's named Mr. McBouncy Pants is because school children would come by his exhibit at the Tropical Bird House at the Houston Zoo and watch him and he would fly down to the glass to greet them and run back and forth along the glass with the school children watching, bouncing back and forth, trying to get their attention. So he 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 just hated school children, or I guess maybe <laughs> loved them. Uh, I just love that. The, so this is a from the Houston Zoo. They named their white-bellied go-away bird Mr. McBouncy Pants, which I like to think that he absolutely hates that name, given mm-hmm. the fact that they seem like such grumpy birds. And it's like, oh, are you a Mr. McBouncy Pants? He's like, go away. I'll kill you. <laughs> I'll kill all of you. <laughs> Oh, are you a grumpy Mr. McBouncy Pants? <laughs> die! You'll all die! <laughs> so another cute little animal who has a little bit of, of the Mondays, a case of the Mondays, is the porcupine. So, so porcupines, there are many different species of porcupines. They are large rodents. Their sharp quills are modified hairs covered in hardened keratin, and they are used to defend themselves. Uh, one of the myths about porcupines is that they can shoot quills at predators. And as awesome as that would be, they, they don't shoot them at people. Uh, quills don't shoot people. People shoot people. Sure. Uh, so the quills can be detached, though. So if you, you know, like say you shove your face in a porcupine butt and all the quills get stuck in your face, when you pull back, the quills will come off and into your face. And the quills are barbed, which allows them to more easily stick into flesh. So that's cool. Yeah, as someone who grew up with a dog in the country, I'm very familiar with porcupine quills and the removal of them. Uh, Luckily, my dog was smart and it only happened to her once. And then uh, whenever there was a porcupine in our yard... It would, so we had apple trees, so it would go, it would waddle in the yard, eat the apples, and my dog <laughs> would lose her mind because she knew. So she would stand about three feet away from it, barking, and like those, you know, those high pitched barks with the desperation barks. Yeah. And the porcupine did not care, and it would just waddle along, enjoying its day. It would stay as long as it pleased. <laughs> it was fantastic. They're such, they're like chill animals because they kind of can be. Right. They know. Yeah. They're like, yeah, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Take a. Yeah. yeah. Take a swipe I'm going to eat me. these apples. Oh, you don't want me to eat these apples? Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, there are many different species of porcupines. They're found in North America, South America, Europe, Asia, and Africa. They're actually one of the longest living rodents. They live into their 20s. And they are herbivores, and apparently they love corn. So Teddy is a porcupine at a wildlife education center in Houston, Texas called Zooniversity. And Teddy is a porcupine who loves corn and gets very mad at anyone who tries to interfere with his corn habits. Ah, yes. It's more than fair, the corn situation. Teddy? Can you share your corn with me? Can I have it? No. We had it. You won't share? Oh, really? Don't use this little little paws like people. I'm munching that corn. 
<laughs> oh no. Okay, you have your cord it's on the top. It's just a Disney now. character. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Don't take its corn away. <laughs> Let it have its corn. It's so grumpy. <laughs> it's got that gremlin sound. Like there's this Okay, I got to stop watching it. Oh, I'm going to be watching this one later. Uh <laughs> It's got that thing, like, uh, my cat will do this too, where it's like, there's the high-pitched squeaks, but then it'll go to the, like, bah, 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 like the weird little gremlin <laughs> edition that animals are apparently capable yeah. of. Yeah, like, I'm just a cute little animal. I will destroy you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how at one point in the video, one of his squeaks sounds like he's saying, my card. Yeah. My card. My card. <laughs> so many animals are on the verge of talking. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. like I understand that porcupines can't really imitate human language, but it is it's getting a little spooky. Uh, right. It's like can like, you know, she's she's taunting him saying, "Can I have the corn?" and it really sounds like he's saying, "My corn." Right. Like I'd love to be able to check in with them like a thousand years ago to see if it's still if it's been like this the whole time <laughs> or if sh we should be concerned. Right. You know? Or maybe we discovered corn from the porcupine. Hmm? Mm. Hmm? I have no evidence of that. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's definitely true. <laughs> so the North American porcupine, who you just heard complaining a lot about someone, some lame person trying to steal his corn, it, they are also interesting animals because their skin is covered in a natural antibiotic, which is important because... If they fall on their butts and they get poked by their own quills, they can get injured. And so by having that antibiotic on their skin, it prevents them from getting infected by their own quills, which I think is really funny when you basically evolution has designed this animal that is covered in spines. And then there's the problem of like, well, what if you get poked by your own spines? It's like, well, cover your skin in medicine. I don't know. Yeah, I like I like the the. The idea of the trial and error of that evolution yeah. <laughs> of like, ah, dang, they're just dying because they're stabbing <laughs> themselves. I mean, okay. it is, I, I do, I am joking about it, but, uh, you know, evolution doesn't like think the way a programmer does in terms right. of like, there's no overarching plan, but it is, but through trial and error, that is how it works. So like you have a bunch of porcupines that like, probably it's like, great, we have the quills now. And then they just impale themselves on their right. own quills. So the ones that have these antibiotic properties to their skin are more likely to survive a, a self-skewering. Right. So um, when it's threatened, it will bristle its quills, obviously, but it also chatters its teeth together. So one thing people might not know about porcupines is their teeth look a lot like beaver teeth. They are long and they're capable of eating through tough vegetation and absolutely destroying a corn cob. And they are, because of their quills, few natural predators are able to overcome its defenses. There is one predator that's really good at getting porcupines, and it's the fisher, which is a relative of the weasel. And we've actually talked about the fisher on the show before, and it is known for being able to also attack bobcats and kill bobcats, which is crazy. Wow. It's a it's not a very big animal. They're about 10 pounds, but it's pretty scary that they're able to both kill bobcats and porcupines. They are 
really, really evil little weasel-like animals. <laughs> I don't want to say evil. No animal is evil, but no, these ones are. I'm sorry. Yeah, there could if be you, some evil animals. I mean, if you if you if you're able to destroy an animal that like the bobcat, which screams in each other's faces, <laughs> and the the porcupine who gives us my corn. I'm sorry. That's it's wrong. It's wrong. It's morally wrong. It's morally wrong. Did you? Um, um, <laughs> this is probably not a helpful question. Do you remember that porcupine mutant in X Men? I do. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was hilarious. Because <laughs> he, uh, well, if you remember, like he was made up for the movie, and he had his only power was putting out quills. So right. he kills a woman by hugging her. I remember the, that. That's, that's the only way. Yeah, that really sticks in my memory is is like, it's not a great superpower if your only way of killing someone is to convince them to hug you. Yeah. Like, come here, give me a hug. It's like, no, you're, you're evil. No, 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 come on, really. Come on, bring it in. <laughs> There's a scene where like, I think like Juggernaut or someone is fighting Wolverine and Storm is fighting someone else and they all, they all like meet each other in this neighborhood and they like storm like creates a tornado and juggernaut and wolverine like collide and they cut to porcupine man and he his quills come out <laughs> like he's gonna do something with them <laughs> it's it's adorable oh man it's it's fun because it's even worse than an actual porcupine because like with actual porcupines their quills are quite long and right. they always are sticking out so you you know who you're messing with but he his were like Sort of the length of acupuncture needles yeah. or something. So it's like really like, oh, real tough guy, Mr. Pincushion over there, huh? Right. You just have to stay at like six inches away from him and you're good. Like He's, you he's just... like, give me a high five. And you're like, oh, oh you almost got me. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> well, uh, when porcupines mate, here, here's I'm going to leave leave us with this one last tidbit for this section, which is that they will actually flatten their their quills so they don't shish kebab each other, which I also love because it's just there's all these these things of like, wait a minute, if you're covered in spikes, how do you mate? Right. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, we uh, you know, we just flatten them out. <laughs> yeah, we can do it at any time. We choose not to. Yeah, it sounds like a child or I guess a writer for the uh, X-Men trying to come up with th things ad hoc. Like, well, how do they hug each other? Oh, I don't know. They lay their quills flat or something. Yeah, yeah you're right. It is like nature. It's some bad writing on nature's part. <laughs> but it works. It works. Apparently, uh, there's more, there, there, there is more than just one porcupine. They're making other true. porcupines. They're, I would say they're quite successful if there are several species of them. Yeah. yeah they they did it. Like you and said, they, they live they live pretty long. I think we would, too, if we were covered in spikes. <laughs> Tone of voice is something used by animals and humans to make suggestions about mood and to convey other information. Dogs and humans are uniquely well-suited to communicating with each other. Our body language and vocal language, generally speaking, or barking, makes sense to each other. A low growl from a dog means back off. A low no from a human means get that thing out of your mouth. And we can get ideas across to each other fairly well. And interestingly, this isn't where our shared understanding of sounds ends. You know in cartoons where there's a high pitch that goes up like an upward slide whistle, it directs your attention upwards. 
Researchers found that dogs share this same instinct in a similar evolutionary mechanism. Dogs were able to track the movement of a rising ball better when it was accompanied by a high pitch, directing their attention upwards. Could it be that we associate high pitches with the sky because of birds, or low pitches with the ground because of large predators slowly skulking towards us? One thing is for sure, you should definitely bring a slide whistle with you next time you play fetch with your dog! When we return, we're going to look at some ridiculously cute noises that don't always come from an animal that you'd expect. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Why do we consider some noises cute? One reason could be that we find any noise reminiscent of a baby to be cute. Much like the baby schema, that is, finding facial proportions similar to a baby like big eyes and a big forehead to be cute, high-pitched noises are more similar to baby sounds. In fact, even babies prefer the voices of other babies to our stupid adult voices. Researchers found babies liked to listen to fellow babies 40% longer than an adult woman's voice. This could mean that we have some sort of innate preference for cute baby sounds, or maybe it just means the babies are plotting something. I don't know, Dave. You think those babies, they're up, they're up to something. I don't trust a baby. Never trust a baby. Never trust a baby. All I they can't... want is something from you. That's all they want. 
Exactly. I wouldn't trust a baby as far as you could throw a baby. And you yeah. shouldn't throw a baby, so I don't trust a baby at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about another big cat, this time the cheetah, which is most famous for being the f one of the fastest runners in the animal kingdom. They can run up to 58 miles per hour, which I would say is a little faster than I can run. Yeah, it's too fast. It's too fast. A little too fast. They're found in Africa and sparsely in Iran. They mostly prey on antelope, uh, and the way they do this is by outrunning and exhausting them, tripping them over, and then biting their necks to suffocate them. But mm. I, I also like the idea, this is not what happens, but if like a cheetah is chasing an antelope and another cheetah is nearby with its paw stuck out, so the antelope like trips over its paw, oh, yeah. and then they or kill it. Yeah, the cheetah's like leaning against a locker, looking real, <laughs> looking real casual, and just exactly yeah, leg comes exactly. out. Exactly, they actually don't always hunt together. So unlike lions and some other big cats that are more social hunters, cheetahs tend to be somewhat solitary. Although they do form mother offspring groups that will hunt together, and sometimes males will form little boy bands that hunt together. Oh. And they're, they're these small coalitions and they work together because life, life can be pretty tough for a cheetah. And despite being ferocious killers of antelope, they're pretty kind of a lightweight and they have some adorable vocalizations. So a couple of reasons to love a cheetah is there's no records of cheetahs ever killing humans. And they're also victims of bullying by other animals. So lions, leopards, hyenas, and wild dogs will often steal their kills and even kill their cubs. So cheetahs are real underdogs. Now, I do want to point out to the listener that Dave has just been joined by another guest of the show, uh, a cat named Kitty, little cat. What's her name? Kitten. Kitten. There we go. That's Kitten, the right. Come here. Uh, yeah. Sorry. She came up, she sniffed the microphone, she decided she wasn't interested, and she I'll, left. Please please leave a rating, though, Kitten, please. I'll, yeah, no? I'll try. If she comes back, I'll try to get her to meow in the microphone <laughs> yeah, so we can she's hear not gonna, genuine I don't think she's going to leave me a rating or a review or stars or subscribe. Mm -hmm. No. But unlike Kitten, you can leave a rating, review, or subscribe and download, and that actually really helps me. Yeah, don't be like kitten. <laughs> don't be, be like kitten. Yeah, be a human and and re review, review it. So like like a kitty cat or like a house cat, cheetahs can purr when they're content. So here's a cheetah purring. That's a good kitty. That's <laughs> a good kitty. And they make a lot of interesting noises. So they do growl, but they can't roar. Roaring and purring are actually mutually exclusive, so lions can't really purr because they can roar. But cheetahs bleat when they're in distress. So here is a bleeding cheetah. Not bleeding, but bleat like yeah. a goat. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take it out of the cage. Oh. <laughs> Kitten's back. So it's it's in a trap uh, set up by conservationists to relocate him so that he can be dispersed into another territory without being threatened by humans. 
and to prevent inbreeding. So it's they're actually doing a nice thing, but he's kind of upset about it. So he's letting it letting them know by these really cute little little little. <laughs> Katie, I want you to know that my cat started pawing on your face on my monitor. <laughs> that she's trying to she's trying to rate. She's trying yeah, to subscribe. She, she's subscribing right. to my face. <laughs> exactly what she's doing. I think she's interested in these cheetah sounds, to be honest. Yeah. So here's one that, that your kitten is going to like. So cheetahs also chirp. So here's a cheetah chirping. It sounds unbelievable. Yeah. My cat does this, too. Um. The cats do more like the clicking where they go like when they see something they want. Yeah. Um, cheetahs sound like they're basically the biggest house cat. Yeah. Like in terms of their anatomy, like you said, the purring to the roaring and the um, chirping. They sound, but they sound even more like bir like bird chirps than I've ever. Because like I had a cat who would do the little chirpy thing, like we'd see a bird and do that little sound, but cheetahs just straight up bird tweet chirp like yeah. it's it's adorable why and well they chirp like that to locate each other like a mother calling her young or a cub calling for its mother so here's here's a cub calling for its mother it just it sounds like a bird call so that's that's a juvenile cub it's like a teenager calling for its mom and it just sounds like it's chirping. And they also sometimes will bark like a puppy to find mates or to locate their young or their family. Aww. That's cute. Kitten, why don't you do that? My cat has completely taken over my work area right now. <laughs> She is. I'm, she does this thing where she walks over <laughs> the keyboard constantly. Like, am I going to step on a key? Yeah. Am I going to stop everything? She's we'll really see. interested in these cheetah noises. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds. You, remember those little toy dogs you'd get like at the mall where they would do, go like, and then like yeah. it's flip oh, over backflips or yeah, whatever. do the little black backflip. That's what they yeah. sound like. Um, they, they also just do a straight up meow. So here's, here's the meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of sounds like a person pretending to be a cat and meowing. Like it doesn't quite sound like a domestic or a house cat's meow. It sounds like, it just sounds like someone going meow, meow. Meow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's. I don't believe them. Yeah, I don't I, believe you, Cheetah. It sounds like it sounds like a jungle cat trying to convince a human to get close to it right. so it can eat it. <laughs> like I it's, feel like cheetahs ha would have a good racket going. If they right. just slowly approached humans and went meow. Yeah. Meow, we would I would pet it. Yeah. I mean, they are uh, it's interesting because they there aren't any records of cheetahs killing humans, but maybe it's just because they get away with it so right. easily. <laughs> they're just so cute. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll, they're all like, you know those stories when people jump in the like the zoo fences yeah. to I'm that person. 
<laughs> I know I'm that person. I'm that person who sees a lion and I think like it'll like me though. Like yeah. I, I it, yeah. you know, it'll make an exception. It'll for absolutely, me. it'll absolutely like you, especially like <laughs> how your flesh tastes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but cheetahs, cheetahs aren't man eaters. They're kind of they they are like. I would say sort of the wimps of the big cats. They're pretty, pretty, just like little scrawny, nerdy ones and chirping around and doing little puppy barks. And it's no wonder they get bullied by almost every other predator that shares (laughs) their region. I've seen the videos of them getting like golden retrievers to hang out with them for emotional support. Yeah, and at like, zoos they need they need a dog for mo- emotional support because they really struggle. Uh, th- it's hard to house cheetahs together again because they they are often solitary, and even though they do sometimes form these groups, it's hard to simulate that because they have these smaller territories in zoos. And so to keep them occupied and to keep them calm, they have golden retrievers or other dogs raised with them and hang out with them at zoos. And they don't eat them. They well, it no, even I mean, to them. I don't think a cheetah could eat. Uh, well, maybe they could, but I, I doubt it. I mean, like they they really do. It's mostly like like little antelopes that they right. a- again they have to trip them over in order to like get the upper hand. I remember there was a. <laughs> There was a a news story that I only followed in headlines, and it was, uh, the first one was some, I'm probably going to mess it up, but I I know the general idea, it was like, local lion at zoo befriends pig, and then like, and then like, there was a couple more of like, watch this video of the lion hanging out with the pig, and then the final headline like a week later was like, sad turn for the lion pig story. I wonder what what was it was did the pig break up with the lion yeah i assume that's what it is again i never i never clicked on it so it's like yeah yeah no that's that's how i wonder what that is that does happen a lot when there are these stories of like lion adopts an antelope as its pet and then it's like sad turn of event for an antelope adopted by lion but these yep. cheetahs do legit seem to like their little doggy friends. No, yeah, they don't. Cheetahs again, they're not they they are predators and again, I would never suggest a cheetah as a pet mostly for the cheetah's sake. It it will right. it it can maul it has mauled people. It just doesn't typically kill them. But yeah, it's it's not a good pet, but it is not it, it's a yeah, it's kind of a in a way it's kind of a delicate animal and right. you know the, the probably they feel safer with the dog around and i don't think that they would want to attack the dog and I, i'm not even sure like if it's a big golden retriever like the golden retriever is going to be able to hold its own with the with the cheetah right. to be honest. i always i i feel like the if i were a domesticated cheetah seeing a golden retriever would not make me feel better because you're seeing like the end result of domestication (laughs) this is what is gonna happen what have they done to you wolf (laughs) oh no am i gonna turn into this i like tennis balls what have they done to you (laughs) (laughs) okay so dave now i want to talk to you about rhinos so sure what kind of noise do you think rhinos make uh, like they go rhino, <laughs> rhino. Uh, like that's... Pokemon rules, just say your own name. Yeah, or like some sort of you know, like a dinosaur noise. Right, like yeah, yeah. That's what I I thought too. 
Um, did you think it would sound like air being lit out of a balloon, though? Mm. Like like <laughs> no. slowly let out? Oh, like an elephant trunk? A little like, bit. So if you if you uh, let me check this look out. At this, take a look. See at this this treat I gave you. Oh. Oh. Is this what you hear when they're charging at you? <laughs> well, so these are baby white rhinos that are being taken care of by a wildlife veterinarian in South Africa. And they're really, really peeved that they haven't been fed yet. So they are squeaking, squeaking some real mad squeaks there. While rhinos are dangerous to animals or people who threaten them, they are much more chill than they're given credit for, uh, especially white rhinos. So uh, here's some, some quick rhino facts. Females and young males will live in small herds of up to about 15 individuals. Adult males are the ones that are the most aggressive. They're typically solitary and they defend their territory. And they're not actually excessively violent, but they will charge at you if they sense that you are encroaching on, uh, on their territory. And it's usually a warning charge, but they can do serious damage if you don't get out of the way. And they will demarcate their territory with dung and urine, of course, just sure. like we all do, right? Like yeah. as, as soon as we had to like start like self-quarantining, it was like peeing on it, all the things that I wanted to keep for myself. Oh, yeah. Well, my maintaining eye contact with my cat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they are a lot more swift and agile than you might think. They can run up to 40 miles per hour. And if they feel sufficiently threatened, they can definitely kill with that horn. But white rhinos, compared to other rhino species, are actually the most socially gregarious. And they have the most diverse calls. Uh, one reason that they're so vocal with each other is that their eyesight isn't great. So having a wide range of calls helps them communicate. And a recent study found that they can actually tell the sex, social status, and age of another rhino just based on their call. And that little squeaky whine is characteristic of young white rhinos who want to let their mom know that they're hungry and they want milk and they want it now and they're not going to stop until you pull over and give them some milk. Sure. Um, so adults will kind of use grunts and huffs to communicate. And so to demonstrate this, here's a video of a baby whining and then a, a, an adult, probably its mom, sort of like grunting back and it's really funny. <laughs> Give it what it wants. <laughs> I, I just imagine that conversation being like, but mom, shut up. <laughs> but mom, shut, shut up. up. Foraging. <laughs> Aww, little squeaks. It's that sounds so a lot like my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everything we've talked about sounds like your cat. Well, high pitched squeak. That's that's what it squeak. mainly is. She's got that real high-pitched meow. Yeah. So like that meow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's probably for a similar purpose. She's trying to get you to feed her milk. Milk, yeah. <laughs> she wants my milk. Your Dave uh, milk. Fresh Dave from the milk. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. 
That got weird. <laughs> well, that's what these rhinos are doing. They want they want fresh mom milk. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. So I mean. here's an animal that I think we all expect it to sound this cute because I'm going to talk about baby seals. Welcome Whoa. to Baby Seal Corner, everybody. Come on in, get all get all settled in because we're about to listen to some baby seals and it's going to make you happy. So, uh, Dave, do you want to explode from just sheer delight? Okay. Right, here I go. It's got that puppy dog face staring right at me. It's beady little eyes. <laughs> oh, it's blinking. It's got that little blinky <laughs> face. Oh. <laughs> oh. Those little squeaks. <laughs> oh, I want it. I want it in my house. Yeah. I want to hold it. I want to hold it. I want to hold know. it like a baby. It's not oh. gonna. It's not gonna be good for anyone to keep this as a pet. But you know, I do. I do want to hold it. I want. It'd be good it. for us to keep it. You know, like yeah. You'd have I, a. You'd have like a day of really enjoying it until you realize you don't know how to feed it, <laughs> and like you don't even know who to call to like get it out of your house. <laughs> It'd be, it'd be a solid, it'd be a solid good hour until the reality sets in that you have an actual seal in your house. Yeah. And then it's a real problem. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that video of the fisherman waking up in his boat to a seal curled up like a dog at his feet? No, I haven't. That's adorable. Yeah. He has to chase it off the boat, but it made me think like, cause there's also those videos of seals getting chased by sharks and they jump on the boat and they're just like, everybody be cool. All right. Just let me sit here for a little bit. (laughs) don't Um, narc guys don't narc on a seal come on it it makes me feel like seals are ready they're ready for our love and to be domesticated (laughs) like they're like please it sucks in the ocean i think they're what they're most ready for is for us to like not freaking tell on them to a shark that wants to eat them i mean come on yeah um, so that seal that you watched is a baby harp seal. And those are those adorable, fluffy, white little balls of floof. And they grow up into those gray, chunky adults that are, they look like little orbs with yeah. maybe a couple flippers. And they live in the Northern Atlantic and Arctic Ocean. And the sounds that you were hearing it make were it calling for its mommy but they also make cute noises when they're playing they do kind of a mumbling so even when mom's nearby they kind of will mumble to themselves and just like roll around in the snow and have a good time this is getting my cat's attention (laughs) she's looking over at me like what what are you doing Oh. I feel like listeners who have cats, you should play this without headphones on and yeah. see how your cat enjoys it. It's so mopey. It's such a mopey little sound. <laughs> well, so while these uh, baby calls are adorable, seals have even more complex vocalizations underwater. So harp seal adults have over 19 different calls underwater for mating and courtship. And it sounds completely crazy. It sounds like a synthesizer. Those are some sick beats. It sounds like a synthesizer, right? Sounds like sounds like some Skrillex. Yeah. 
It sounds. It's got like spaceshipy sounds. Spaceship, yeah, like a like a Moog synthesizer. They, Is it Moog that's or them Moog? In the water Moog? synthesizers. What What are they doing down there? They're they're jamming. They're they're doing those synth beats. You, you know? are yeah. You are waiting because you hear like it's you're waiting for the like <laughs> and like maybe the ice some like strobe and yeah. like colored lights to start these, like <laughs> like pulsing these, from under yeah, the ice. These mysterious lights. We we always thought the aurora borealis was a natural phenomenon. It's actually yeah. seal raves. Seal, seal raves. raves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seals just ODing in the bathrooms. <laughs> So harbor seals are a related seal that also live in the North Atlantic Arctic Ocean, but on more temperate coastlines, and their pups are gray to blend in with gray rocks. And there, here is a video of a harbor seal being cared for by vet veterinarians, and he really strongly objects to having it get having to get his shot of medicines. Oh no. Oh, I know. It's so Poor little guy. Oh my god, what a little oh what a little nugget. Oh my god. It's okay. Betty's delicious too. Oh my god. Their fur is so velvety and smooth I just want to rub it. Oh he's picking up his little flippers are going. No! No! <laughs> the first little went, when it went, huh? <laughs> like that was the first sound it made. Oh my god! I can't, I can't imagine being the doctor and having to give this little guy a shot. I think I would just melt. I yeah, I'd be like, it's all right. I would fall to my knees. Yeah, yeah. That sound just, huh? I'd be like, you're right, Seal. You're right. You don't need a shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> So just to cap this section off, I want to quickly visit the difference between a seal and a sea lion. So here is the scientific difference. Seals are little blorbs with almost no neck and have to flop around on land and kind of do the worm. Whereas sea lions have longer necks, ear flaps, and can walk on land by rotating their limbs under them. So seal is little blorb, sea lion is like ocean ocean labradors is right. the, the scientific term for it and the sea lions are like you're you gonna be a seal or a sea lion bro <laughs> and they like give motivational speeches a yeah. lot like seminars sea, sea lions are definitely the the frat bros and the seals are like the little little D, &D nerds who are like i yeah. have a level 79 elf though <laughs> <laughs> nerd seal nerd they dunk right. their heads in water, but it doesn't really, <laughs> it's not really effective. Yeah, doing swirlies I don't think works on seals. Yeah. Can the sounds of nature actually help our bodies? Researchers at Brighton and Sussex Medical School conducted a very relaxing study. They had participants listen to nature sounds while measuring their heart rate and their brain's response with an MRI. They compared these results to a control group who listened to artificial sounds. The researchers found that nature sounds caused outward-directed brain activity, that is, the brain focusing on external stimuli, whereas the artificial sounds caused inward-directed attention, which is often associated with anxiety and stress disorders. 
Interestingly, the nature sounds caused relaxation of the autonomic nervous system for participants who started out stressed, but for those who were already relaxed, just chilling out in the MRI, the nature sounds slightly stimulated their bodily response. So here, why don't you try it for yourself? I'm gonna play some nature sounds for the next 20 seconds right before the ad break. And when we return, after you've had a chance to relax, we'll talk about some goofy animals who are clearly mocking us. We'll be right back. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. While nature sounds can help relax us, human sounds seem to have the opposite effects on some animals, even those whom we might consider to be fearsome beasts. A UC Santa Cruz study found that human speech was enough to frighten mountain lions, making them avoid areas where they've heard human voices, or at least to tread more cautiously. This was of great benefit to the mice and small rodents who used the opportunity to be more active. Of course, I'm not saying it's a good thing that we played these human voices. The balance between predator and prey is very delicate, and the fact that our voices alone can have such a dramatic impact on the environment is a bit alarming. 
So maybe we deserve a bit of mockery from the animal kingdom, like from these animals who, if I didn't know any better, I would say are making fun of us. So Dave, have you ever heard a walrus whistle? No, I don't think that was so. A, that was a long hesitation. I, I had feel to, like if you I, had, you would have known. I had to think back at like Disney cartoons and stuff like that <laughs> to see like... If I've at least seen a cartoon walrus. Have you seen? I, I didn't ask, have you seen a cartoon walrus whistle? You said walrus, so, so that could be I, a lot of true. things. That one was on me. That was my bad. I, I could have meant like if someone dressed, a, a furry dressed as a walrus, yeah. like kind of whistling at you. Yeah, yeah. I could have meant that. Um, well, if you check out that link I have provided, then you can hear the walrus whistle. I'm hearing it. <laughs> nice. It's like a flute. Yeah. So walruses will actually make a variety of calls, typically to woo a female. Females will react to both physical and vocal displays when choosing a mate. And to whistle, if you saw in that video, Dave, they actually use their lips like a human does. So like with a bird, when they whistle, they're not, they don't have lips. So they don't use their lips. They use their syrinx, which is the bird version of a larynx. Um, but with the walrus, they actually purse their lips and whistle much like, you know, <laughs> one of us would. <laughs> That's somehow really horrifying. Or so, I don't yep. know what it is. Because, yeah, <laughs> I always imagine the bird thing where it's like, yeah, they have weird throat stuff. And it's like, how does a walrus whistle? It's like, yeah, it just, uh, you know, puts his lips together. <laughs> it, does. It, it, does, it does make you face the fact that walruses have big, thick, juicy lips, uh -huh. which, you know, I didn't really want to necessarily think about, but here it is. And that's what they you know? say they, that when they're whistling. They're like, hey, hey, baby, I got, look <laughs> at my juicy lips. How you doing? So here's another one. Um, this is E.T., the orphaned walrus at Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium making a whole variety of sounds. It's a lesser known sequel to the Spielberg classic. <laughs> <laughs> Less sexy. Or is it more sexy? Or is it more? It's a matter of perspective. The face. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god that one whistle at the end that's like a fire alarm yeah what baffling creatures these are like i feel like i don't if i if like i heard someone cat call me and i turned around and it was a walrus yeah i feel like that'd be a pleasant surprise actually oh yeah absolutely it's like no it's not just some dude it's a walrus who's right. into you and i would be kind of honored actually a little bit yeah uh, that's you know? yeah the 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 walrus is crossing species right it's it's defying nature for you i'm just showing my appreciation yeah. come on on the <laughs> other hand if you heard walrus sounds and you turned around and it was a human that, that would, would be horrifying yeah unless it's that guy who is the guy in that that movie uh tusk uh justin long yeah, Justin Long. You turn around, it's Justin Long. It's like, yeah, nice. <laughs> Good job, Justin Long. Good job. I know you, you deserve some recognition for that movie. I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you. It's a big, that's a big swing. I do wish that like in that movie, they sh they had just Justin Long doing like these walrus noise tricks. So just like whistle, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and just doing uh, walrus tricks in general. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, Honking do, some horns. Yeah, yeah. Do they play with balls? <laughs> they probably, you could probably, a walrus would probably have a lot of fun with like a blow up yeah. ball. Yeah. Hanging around. Was was that supposed to be a sad ending though? Because like if you could just like live the rest of your life like eating fish and being a walrus, I don't know. Yeah. Sounds cool, right? Yeah, especially now. Like the more and more I, I go into life, I'm like, yeah, I wish, man, if I could just be a walrus. Uh, yeah. Hanging that out walrus the beach. lifestyle looking better and better. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, the <laughs> oceans aren't great. So. Well. But like in general, like the, the right. concept of just being a right, walrus. Exactly. Doing exactly. walrus stuff. Having walrus chores. <laughs> I don't know. Wiggling around. Do they, is there, what do they do? They get up and they're like, time to wiggle. Time yeah, to that's wiggle basically, on the beach. that is kind of the, the walrus day is like you get up and it's like time to wiggle. And then they kind of like heft themselves a few inches over and they're like, well, that's it. That's yep. all it is for today. Yeah, I guess maybe tomorrow I'll go to the beach and scream <laughs> until I find a mate. I'll just make crazy sounds. Yeah. So there is an animal that has been our constant companions for a long time that I think is completely sick of our crap and is mocking us. And that is the horse. Man. So get a good old horse raspberry in your life. Oh, <laughs> screw you too, horse. <laughs> so that's a horse too. literally pursing its lips, sticking out its tongue and blowing like a <laughs> raspberry. And, uh, there's a the uh, it's not just that one horse that's not like the one weirdo horse going around going um but there are it is a noted thing that uh horses occasionally do and that second video also shows another horse behavior of the horse just kind of flapping its gums by tossing its head up and down i'm watching i'm watching this little jerk this jerk ah! <laughs> that's just i i think the behavior is from horses just being like hey did you know we could do this <laughs> oh cool kind of like how babies like blow bubbles and like yeah. um, blow raspberries just be like look at what i can do yeah i figured this out we shake our heads violently our our <laughs> jaws <laughs> just go wild and it's hilarious well, I went on a deep dive to find out why horses would blow raspberries or like flap their gums like this. And I couldn't really find like a direct answer. But this is what I have gathered from my research and what I suppose is I think they're probably doing it out of boredom. So flapping lips can be a sign of stress. But if they're just standing there otherwise relaxed, uh, I think it means they're bored um, or it could just be for fun. Right. And I think, but here's the thing is like, while I don't have any direct evidence of it, I do think a lot of it is just mocking us. I think it's making fun of us. Yeah. Well, yeah, they must think we're maniacs because if horses communicate with each other at all, they'll be like, hey, what did you do today? And they're like, well, you know, they all like everybody dressed up around me and like pretended to like get into fights and there was all this equipment and I don't know what was happening. What did you do? Like, oh, yeah, I was in front of a crowd and I like and uh, they made me like prance and everybody, I don't know, everybody applauded. Right. And right. then their other friend is like, yeah, I'm at this like, I don't know. They're all like it's like a hockey rink, but they're like eating and watching <laughs> me. And like they got guys dressed up in metal. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what any of this is like. There's no 
no there's no context for any of the things but we do so many different things with horses (laughs) yeah i just like i like the idea of like an adult horse explaining this to a young horse and it's like well how do i put this they're gonna sit on you what yeah yep they're they're, uh they're gonna sit on you but but why well you know we don't know we don't know why they sit on us (laughs) there's no pattern sometimes we just run in circles (laughs) yeah just like i'm sure that what i I think what these horses are saying is like look i'm a human i'm a human look at me duh i'm a human (laughs) (laughs) So it's interesting you mentioned goats earlier because I do want to talk about goats. If you would like, there is a video I have here of a man arguing with a goat. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a man at rock bottom. Let me click on. <laughs> I'm about like two days away from arguing with a goat, so <laughs> I'm not one to judge. That's fair. <laughs> Goats constantly have that that dark crystal energy, like the Jim Henson Muppets Mm -hmm. that are like meant to like traumatize kids. Yeah, and they sound like it too. So in that audio clip, if you couldn't tell who was the human and who was the goat, the one screaming was the goat. (laughs) (laughs) It would be messed up if the goat was the one who was like talking perfect. Yeah. A lot of these screaming goat videos are actually sheep. So I wanted to make confirm that this was a goat. And I, I think I'm not a goat goat expert. I'm not a goat girl. Okay. But I think uh, this is a, a Pyrenean goat. They have long hair, a mop head, and those curly twisted horns. And um, here's another video of a goat screaming. It is the most it is the most shocking thing nature does. Right. Right. You don't you really don't expect it to just kind of we've kind of come full circle back to the lynxes where they just scream just kind of scream at each other. Yeah, where they sound like just deeply pained by their existence. Yeah. It it's it I really think it's the most horrifying. It it's like it's like sh- it's like goat screaming then like the existence of sharks. Right. Under it. Like it's the most, (laughs) it's the most shocking. I don't, I don't know. It's, I can't get over it. Every time I hear it, I'm like, surely that's not true. It does seem like they're having an existential crisis. Um, But I I wondered about this. I was like kind of concerned for the goats. So I did a little bit of research and Dr. Ann Peichel of Tennessee State University was interviewed by Slate to explain the goat situation because apparently other people have noticed that goats just scream into the void. So Dr. Ann Peichel has a pretty grim outlook on the whole goat screaming thing. She says... Because uh, like the interviewer was saying like, oh, people find these videos really funny. And she says, quote, maybe for some it's entertaining. I am a goat producer and don't consider it entertainment at all. And <laughs> I'm just starting to realize like, yeah, for us, like we click on a YouTube video, goat screams is kind of funny. For someone who has to be around these goats constantly, just unending screaming. <laughs> It's their it's their little defense. It's their little revenge. We're like, their look, revenge. you can put us in a pen, but we're look gonna what you've scream. Done to me. My ears are too long. Ah! Yeah. I'm a monster. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I, I wanted to look into why they yell. And what I could find is that they yell for a whole bunch of different reasons. So they yell to call their young. They yell when they want to be fed. They yell if you touch them and they don't want you to touch them. They yell when they want food. They yell when they're getting food and they're happy. They yell when they see another goat getting food and they're jealous. They yell when they're lonely. <laughs> so basically, most situations, they either respond by yelling or bleating. And even though it may be hard for a human to tell the difference between all these bleats, uh, researchers found that goats do know the difference and they react either calmly or with agitation, depending on if the bleat is a happy bleat or a, I guess, frustrated or sad bleat. Mm. So... Why do why does the goat yell? Who knows? Many different reasons. Just because it feels like it. Same reason it feels we yell. like it. I think the most common explanation I saw is they yell at you when they want you to feed them, or especially if you see them feeding another goat first and they get really <laughs> mad. I, and so so it's like just them going like like why feed me yeah. why hey hey human hey. Get over here. It's a good tactic, I think. It is. It is. Uh, it's, uh, I, I, or again, back to my theory, they could just be mocking us and <laughs> we have, we've domesticated them. Like you said, this is their revenge. Like, well, you want to keep us and use all our milk and turn us into cheese and stuff? Well, unending yelling, un right. just relentless, endless screams. If aliens come and they take us into like a human zoo, Right. Let's learn from the majestic goat and scream I, nonstop. I would do the worst thing I could think of to annoy the aliens, which would be to sing Smash Mouth constantly nice. on a loop. What if they love it, though? Well, that's just a risk I'll be willing to take, I suppose. Mm -hmm. That yeah. that that would be a real grim grim future if like the aliens come to earth and not only are they immune to our diseases they're also immune to smash mouth they got like we frosted have, tips and like right. oakley's on and they're and they're really they're really into like that era that was our only defense was like crappy 90s early 2000s music but if they're also immune to that we have literally no defense against aliens god help us all <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Dave, and listening to all these animal sounds. Uh, do you have anything to plug? Sure. You mentioned it at the top. Uh, 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 Gamefully Unemployed. Uh, it's a podcast network I run with Tom Ryman. You can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. You can see our, we have free podcasts. We have exclusive podcasts. You can kind of see it all there. Um, my Twitter is moviehooligan. And along with you, Katie, I am a writer for some more news. So that's right. You the should Cody check Shody. that out. Yeah, please yeah, that's do it. check out check out all those things. I've also been a guest on uh, one of the the podcasts that you guys do. Um, Hypecast. Yeah, the, the Hypecast. That's right, and that's that's always a good time. That's fun. Yeah. It um, is. So you can find the show on the internet on iheartradio.com just search for creature feature you can find us on 
Instagram at Creature Feature Pod, on Twitter at Creature Feet Pod. That's F E A T, not F E E T. That's something very different. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Katie Golden. If you want to hear my Katie thoughts, you may not want to hear my Katie thoughts, but if you do, you know, check them out. And of course, as always, I am at Pro Bird Rights, which is. You know, it is my effort to make sure that we are ruled by birds. And can you blame me? Can you really blame me? Wouldn't no you one. feel I mean, wouldn't you feel safe being ruled by birds right now? I would. History will look back at you as a hero, Katie. Yeah, I mean, history will be birds like in the future. Birds will rise history and they will look back on me fondly and yeah. I I'm hoping to be like in a bird future like being like a pet, a nice pet. I was and I'll thinking scream at them. <laughs> I was looking at a golden statue, and under it says, <laughs> the one we ate last. <laughs> what an honor. A true yeah. honor and a privilege, <laughs> I might add. <laughs> Thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super groovy song, Exolumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. To listen to more podcasts like this, visit iHeartRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now.